This is the EWN Podcast Network. When life and business is chaotic, it is hard to see the beauty that comes from it. But I'm here to tell you, you are not alone. I am your host, Ashley Stone, and I am your chaos coordinator. I believe there's always a message in the mess we can experience in our personal lives and in business. So join me on the journey of running multiple businesses, self-caring it up, and designing a life for my family. This won't be just my story. It will be the many stories of remarkable women that have inspired me and will inspire you to discover the beauty behind the chaos. Hey beauties, my name is Ashley Stone and I am here with Beauty Behind Chaos on this episode today with a special guest that I know very well. She is my sister-in-law, but she is a boss of all things. She is a wife, a mother of three, and an advertising executive. Michelle has worked in advertising for nearly 20 years and currently serves as the vice president of advanced advertising at Paramount. In in this role, Michelle leads the product development, planning, and operations for Vantage, Paramount's advanced advertising solution, as well as other internal data optimization and analysis products. These are are lots of things that she does. Hey, Michelle. Hi. Welcome to my episode of Beauty Behind Chaos with uh, just bossing up life and, and people. How are you? I'm doing good. Listening to you read that is is kind <laughs> of hysterical because it's like <laughs> trying to explain to your family what you do it's, at work is right. impossible. So how about, I, I totally wanted to read that because I was like, oh, this is going to be fun. This <laughs> Michelle does so many, so many things. And Michelle is actually my sister-in-law. And so she is, forget sister-in-law, she is my sister. And um, she's been in my family for a very, very long time. So I know her on that level, but I also know that she is a boss in what she does, but I've never actually read your title and and fully understood exactly what you did. So I'm excited to dig into this. <laughs> yes. Um, well, I feel like in, in media, it's a, it's a big running joke that trying to explain to your family what you do on a day-to-day basis, you just you just say, I sell ads. I put, I put commercials on TV. Um, which sounds fun, but I know it's more complex than that. It is. It is a bit more complex than that. So I've I've had a lot of different roles. I mean, when you work at a big organization like Paramount, your role kind of continues to evolve and change and grow, especially in the space that I'm in. So I work within our advanced advertising division, um, which basically means anything that is new to the advertising space lands within my team. So it's things that have never been done before. Um, you're trying to find brand new ways of doing advertising. And, you know, I'm not sure if you've ever even really thought about it, but when you think about how people view video content now versus what that used to be, um, everybody used to just watch TV. Now you have streaming. You go from streaming to watching on demand to watching television. All of that is changing and evolving so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and within my team, we kind of manage the evolution of how people view content, measure that content, um, and run optimization and analytics behind it, which I know. <laughs> it's like data. It sounds, it sounds all, very all data. Nerdy terms that, that 
I'm not sure everybody will care about, but I care about it. I love all the nerdy terms. That's awesome. You know what though? There is going to be like, there's going to be listeners that care. And this is why literally I love bringing on different women and from different industries and different walks of life, because um, it might not relate to everybody or maybe not everybody will understand, but that's how we learn, right? We don't always, you know, have to really understand and relate because, you know, the whole process is learning and right. listening in and hearing something different, right? Yeah. So, so with that, that sounds super sciency and, and data. <laughs> I actually really love data. I think data is, is extremely important in business to understand like the data and metrics in your business. And those are areas that people actually don't talk about a lot at all and how important yeah. it is. Um, so in terms of that, like you guys don't do anything on the creative is it's all very data driven, right? It's it's a lot of data driven. So basically what my division within within the company does is advanced advertising. So typically when people are watching or or buying commercials that run on television or in video, they're doing it, they have all these like wonderful, I know who my audience is, you know, from mm-hmm. building your business. Like you know who your core audience is, you know who you're looking to reach when you do your marketing or your advertising, like you have a very specific way of reaching those people, Um, which is kind of, I don't want to say easy, but easier in like social media, because there's Mm. a different way that that you're able to say, okay, this person went to this website, there they do these things, they care about these things. When you think about how you're watching TV, it's very hard to say, okay, this person who's watching this show on TV is also somebody who you know, has an affinity for workout attire. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Right. So there's different ways of collecting data and information. I'm going to say it because I'm a, I'm a corporate girl in a privacy compliant way that <laughs> <laughs> allows you to understand how people, um, you know, made this purchase and then watched content. And we basically combine all of that information um, so that we're showing the right ads to the right people. Typically people have these, you know, they have these marketing brand briefs and they know who their customers are and they do all this really great work around, okay, these are the people I care about. This is what they look like. This is their age, their, you know, general Mm -hmm. demographics, but also like their purchase behavior, all this information. Um, But then they purchase all television media on Women 2554. Okay. Women 2554 that saw these commercials are what they technically transact against. Okay. In my division, what we do is we actually build those audiences based on various data that's available. Um, and we build media plans that are meant for those specific people. And then it's transacted against those specific audiences. And Which makes built- sense. I mean, I feel like, isn't that similar to like social media um, in a sense? Like when you are kind of targeting your audience and you're creating ads, right? Like on Facebook and stuff. Yes, it's exactly like that. But the way that social media works, you're kind of giving all of your information. Yeah, right. In right. social media, that it's much easier to to know this person does this. Right. When you're right. watching television or you're watching, you know, a connected TV or whatever, or there's not really a lot of information that's saying this is the person that's that's doing that. Right. Right. This right. is the person who, you know, bought this yogurt yesterday. That's now watching. Teen mom, you know, like that. That's <laughs> much harder to do. Um, and there's a, a ton of different connection points and partnerships and things that have to be done to make a single transaction like that happen. Okay. Whereas in social media, it's 
it was built that way. It started that way. Television or, or video content is very different. Um, so my team was developed to do that. And, and the interesting part of it, so I was a traditional television media buyer, meaning I just bought commercials on people 18 to 49. Um, and I'll really never forget it where I was sitting in a meeting with like our head of our research team was, you know, maybe 10 years into my career. And we're sitting there with clients and we're saying, we're pitching our, you know, our recommendations and he turns totally out of the blue, not at all with our recommendation says like, how would you like to do your entire media buy on your first party loyalty customers instead of women 2554? And they were like, and I'm sitting there with the person who has to actually implement this. And they were like, we would love to do that, but we're not there yet. So I walked out of the meeting and I turned to him. I'm like, can we do that? He's like, no, not yet, but we'll be able to. Mm. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, can you call me when we can? <laughs> because I would, <laughs> I would like to do that. Um, so he did a couple of years later, and I like started the division that were the first people to be able to do that within my old company that I used to work at. Oh, wow. Um, and it was never, it never been done before. So I was, you know, trying to figure it out, trying to learn it, and found a real, a real love of like problem solving mm-hmm. for things that had never been done before. Um, and then I moved to, to Paramount and have been doing that ever since. And, and it's really evolved over time because when you're doing something, nobody's ever been done before the possibilities are endless. You don't actually have one specific job. You're doing all jobs. I was doing data and analytics. I was doing, figuring out how to make sales recommendations and strategies. I was actually building the products that we created to run optimized media plans to collect data, to do all these insights and things. Um, I'd never run a product team. I'd never built a product. I didn't know what engineers or data scientists did. Um, And I learned that over the last six years in such like, in so much detail that Mm -hmm. I actually last year moved to become the head of the product team for advanced advertising. That's amazing. So I now oversee all product development for our advanced advertising initiatives at Paramount. And you're in, um, you're in New York city, right? So yes. you work right in the city. Are you guys back in the office? We are. We're there a couple of days a week. Yeah. Nice. So how was that kind of, um, through that process of, cause you Paramount, Paramount recently took over where you were, right? So I work, I started off at Viacom. Okay. Um, and then we merged with CBS. Um, so we, we were called Viacom CBS for a little while, and then <laughs> it kind of, uh, went through a rebrand to be called Paramount Got as, a, it. as a company. So, and then, so a combination through, of what was Viacom and CBS in the, in the past. Which Paramount, I mean, I know a lot of people maybe not have heard of Viacom, but you certainly know Paramount. So I would imagine like it's, it's a huge company, um, across the country and, and people are definitely are familiar with that brand. Um, is there pressure or any has like things like, how is that like in terms of, um, I don't know, cause corporate is so opposite of everything I know. Like I'm full on entrepreneur life over here, creative. And then like corporate, um, what is that like? Like what is, uh, what is that experience has been? What has that experience been? Well, it's interesting cause I've never really known anything else, you know, got yeah. out of college and I worked at a big company and I moved to a big company. Um, 
It's interesting in the in the part that I'm in because I like to say that we're like a startup in a very large organization because mm. we're just, you know, we're doing things for the first time where everything is brand new when we're developing it. Um, so there's that like new business element where we're all like strategizing together and trying to figure out how things work. But like, you know, we're a large corporation. So we right. have benefits, of course, of, of having that large corporation behind us. Um, but it's, you know, there's definitely differences, benefits and challenges of working for a large corporate corporation. I don't, I don't know any, any different, um, but there's, there's different elements. Like there's benefits. Some of the benefits that I'm, I would say are probably my, my favorite part of my job, my career. And the most fulfilling part is having a team of people that I work with. Mm. Um, peers that I work with and learn from every day, um, as well as people that work for me that I get to mentor and watch grow and, and be able to shape their careers. Mm. So that piece of the, of the corporate world and really probably any business in general is, is what I love most about my job is I get to work together, work with some of what I like to believe are the smartest people in the industry that I get to learn from every day. But I have real friendships and partnerships with these people where we want to help each other succeed. And we're like, you know, like, you know, we're a very large corporation. So we have to like learn from each other and teach each other things that I have no idea what this person across the country, you know, we're, we're an international company, but I have no idea what these people across the country are doing and we have to work together and we build those bonds over the last couple of years, we went through a merger with CBS during a pandemic. I met yeah. an entire company over Zoom that I had to work intimately with. So it's great in that way that you get to meet all of these different people and learn so much from each other and then help and watch each other grow. Mm-hmm. And then there's, you know, challenges of corporate America. I mean, I'm sure it's no secret. We're seeing it all over. I see it all over my LinkedIn that like, when times are hard, yeah, corporate America, people, I mean, every, I mean, we, we saw it probably everywhere, not just corporate America, but people lose their jobs and it's, it's challenging, obviously. Yeah. Um, but there's so much growth potential and things to learn throughout your career that, you know, people take advantage of when you work at a large company. Yeah. So it's like it outweighs the, the risk. I think there's risk in anything that- of course that you do. Um, so, so I, I love that. And, and definitely like, I've always kind of like admired the security of, of the potential of working like for a corporation or, or what that would look like. Yeah. And, um, for me, I just always thought it was never something that could be on my radar because it almost like seemed like I had to go through all this like schooling and all of this stuff. And I just like, I just jumped right into life and just started my own thing. And then now that I'm like later on in life, looking at just what I've built in my own career, I'm like, oh man, I wonder if there's ever any like potential or something there where I've, I've heard so many like coaches working, um, going into corporations and all of these like consulting and all of these like entrepreneurs now working alongside, um, corporations, which I don't know if that's a new thing, but that's definitely something I've heard a lot of, um, recently. Um, so do you see that too, that there's a, do you guys, um, work with independent, um, companies and stuff like that as well? Yeah. We work with an 
independent companies all the time. And when I think of like the work that you've done throughout your career right. for all the years I've known you for these many years that I've known you like you've had to teach yourself all yeah. of the things that like you learn at a large corporation like you had to teach yourself marketing yeah. you had to teach yourself how to like buy advertising you had to teach yourself how to build a product and work with engineers and data science like you're in a very when I think about the things that I do on a day-to-day basis they're actually very similar to the things that you yeah. do and that you have done over the years like you're thinking about how to, like every day. I mean, I the old, the marketing things that you've done over the years are very, very advanced from an entire marketing company. Um, uh-huh. Thank you. Honestly, and the products that you've built yourself, like working with your engineers all the time to build your platforms and your products, like it's yeah. I definitely think like if you wanted to to get into a corporate world, you absolutely could. You have you've taught yourself the skill sets over the years to be able to do so. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, there's different people for different things too. Like I also <laughs> right. think that like you you thrive in this entrepreneur life. Like that yeah. that really is where you've always thrived. You have so much, so many thoughts and and visions for what you want to do um and you pivot easily and you make I mean you're you you make the most amazing things happen um which I mean you know you could do at a large company obviously as well too uh especially like where I work you can kind of jump around which was the beauty of what you're doing but yeah you know you're doing that you're making that happen for yourself and I think the scary part with entrepreneur life is like the unknowns of like you are kind of on your own. Like you feel like a little untethered Mm -hmm. um, at times and you've witnessed my journey. Like it's definitely been one of a meandering up and down (laughs) everywhere kind of path. And um, so that's always kind of scary, but it's really cool because what what I'm starting to see on kind of on both sides, I think a lot of um, people that are in corporate are either, or they've lost their jobs or their life has changed or transitioned. And like the world looks different since the pandemic. And so either, you know, now people are working from home and and still in corporate or people are branching out and becoming entrepreneurs um, and curious because they have all these skill sets that they developed in the corporate world. Mm -hmm. And then they're just kind of like, you know, I want to jump into entrepreneurism, but entrepreneurism is definitely, I think, harder to teach than some of the things like going into the corporate world and learning like the structure of a corporation, right? Mm-hmm. As opposed to like the opposite. It's like if you're in this structured environment and then you're going into like this unstructured, completely unstructured environment. And I find when people from the corporate world go into entrepreneurism, they have a hard transition um, because they want it to like almost kind of be in that like box and it's got to have this plan and it's got to look this way. And they have a certain structured way of thinking. And yeah. I'm like, oh, girl, no. That's you gotta throw throw that that skill will come in handy at times, but it's like you have to give yourself space yeah. um, to create and let that kind of it's not a linear path. And so um, I definitely have seen that in conversation with people coming from the corporate world into entrepreneurship. They're just kind of like a little bit. Um, the approach is kind of difficult because it's it's a hard transition from that you know into absolutely. And I Especially think it's a very structured job in the corporate world yeah. where you're doing like a certain thing every day. Yeah. 
when when you go off and I, I've seen I've seen more so than entrepreneurs coming in into corporate. I've seen a lot more corporate go out, like you're saying. Yeah. Um, and being consultants or kind of creating their own thing, especially later on in their careers when they have a lot of information and connections, they're able to kind of go off on their own. And, and right. Be and maybe more- stability. I think because a lot of, I think what I see too is like, okay, I'm going to stay in corporate or they have their toe in corporate and they're like trying to do their little like entrepreneur stuff mm-hmm. on the side, yeah. but they, they're like afraid to give up that security Yeah. <laughs> or they'll, they'll build up the security enough where they go, okay, I can finally transition into being an entrepreneur. And I'm like, oh, that sounds so lovely. Like that's stability. <laughs> <laughs> um, that is that is someplace. the real benefit of it is there's that ability Ooh, benefit, right. you know, all the, right. all the unsexy things of, of benefits and 401ks and things <laughs> yeah so yeah. like okay so I obviously know you and I know you're never mind the the data aspect of your brain and how brilliant I know that you are but you also um love data in a lot of different ways you are such a nerd for um excel <laughs> Oh my gosh. Excel sheets are the bane of my existence. There was once upon a time that Michelle had the unfortunate job of somewhat doing like my, was it, was it even my bookkeeping or just like tracking some kind of numbers? What was your bookkeeping? I did your bookkeeping (laughs) for like two years, I think. Oh my gosh. It was quite a journey that I loved because I'm a nerd. So that's where. (laughs) (laughs) I'm one of those extra special cases that I'm sure really challenged your data-driven organizational style. It was, was, but I I did enjoy it. Yes, I do love Excel. And now that I like run this this product team, there's a lot more less Excel. Um, So sometimes it's so sad, but like sometimes when I'm having like a crazy day going into Excel and doing some like lower level work that I shouldn't be doing. Actually, I do it all the time and I'll have to like apologize to my team and be like, I'm sorry, I checked these numbers. I just needed to <laughs> I, needed I needed my hands and keyboards to feel like I recentered myself, which is that is so funny. Everybody, we talk about grounding techniques on this show, definitely. And I guess <laughs> you know your grounding techniques are diving into Excel, mm-hmm. Excel and some numbers. Yeah. I love that. And so, all right, so let's dig into like talking about family life. So because this is also a big topic as women, um, whether it be in entrepreneurism, businesses, corporate life, whenever you're trying to succeed and excel in anything that you do, it's always a hard feat. Never mind the fact you're doing it while raising children. So how old are your babies? My babies are six. I have a six-year-old boy, an eight-year-old girl, and a 23-year-old stepdaughter. Which that literally all, blows yes. my mind. That she's yes. I have now had, because I've been with my husband, Ashley's brother, mm-hmm. um, since his daughter was six, I have now had every age from zero to 23. That is it doesn't wild. get easier, um, <laughs> in case anyone's wondering. Nope. It's a difficult juggle. Like it's, yeah, it never gets easier. It's it's hard. I saw this thing the other day. I don't know what stage you're at yet with Layla. Layla is, uh, she's in the middle, right? So, um, so I'm at the stage with Ariana, she's nine and they're very close in age. They're only like a year apart. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, there was a meme that I seen the other day and it was like, um, something about like check on your your friends that have daughters cuz we're not okay and it it's like 
one day like you're just cuddling in their suite and the next day you're like, sis, we could do this. We could fight. Like you mm-hmm. are oh, you yeah. ready? The like, is real. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what is happening? What and it is changes going throughout on? the day. Like in the morning, yes. sweet. In the afternoon, I'm like, what just happened to you? Where are yes. you? Yes. Why do and you have makeup sure on and why are you sassing me? Oh my gosh. So I that was that was one thing she'd be so embarrassed um if she heard this, but like she was tapping into my makeup and I was like, girl, what what do you what is on your face? What is happening right now? I know. Like if you're interested, like we could talk about it. I could show you actually how to do this. But at the same time, like you're nine and uh <laughs> like you're not going outside wearing mascara. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So juggling, juggling kids. And so I'm so so sad because I'm in Texas now and Michelle is in New York. And uh, those, these are the New Yorkers of our of our family that will never leave New York. Diehard Italian New Yorkers. Yeah, <laughs> yes, diehard New Yorkers. Yes. Um, but I mean, I think that, like, to your question around how do I, how do you dr- juggle the work mm. and the family with the young kids? It's impossible <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. perfect at all things, or or amazing at all things you just kind of have to make sure you're good enough at all things (laughs) which is really hard and some days I need to be better for my family and some days I need to be better for work and you have to find the balance of of both I think I'm extremely fortunate I think as as you have been over the years to have such a supportive family and husband um Jay obviously is a paramedic so he actually saves lives for a living (laughs) <laughs> Although I, I think that like my, my, my media world and commercials are saving the world. He actually is doing it. Um, but he is like, he grounds me in stability. Cause he's just, you know, he's always steady. You know, he's always yeah. just there and supportive and, and calm, which is really, really yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that. I feel like he would be the one that like, I don't know. That might be a little bit like, ah. <laughs> no, no. I am like the crazy one, like stressed and going from one thing to the next. And like, you know, yeah. Monday through Friday, I am like a very different person than I am Saturday to Sunday. Yeah. And that's that's the thing I, I, I try to balance a bit. Like Monday through Friday, my head is in work. Work, yeah. I have to get things done. Even when I shut it off, it's still in my mind, which you yeah. know, I, try, I always try to, to balance um, so that I can be present where I am. And it's something I think every person has to constantly work towards as being present in the moment that they're in. Mm-hmm. When I'm at work, being present for work. When I'm home, being present for home. But, you know, they, they intertwine into each other, of course. And I mean, Jay, Jay has me. Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. he's got it. I mean, yeah. Sunday, he might not get off the couch and watch football, but like Monday <laughs> through Friday, he's got me. And that's the balance that you, you have to have when that, yeah. that, um, you know, to figure out when you need to back up that person mm-hmm. and making sure you're doing it. And we've gotten a good, a good balance. Um, of course, you know, I obviously have my parents that I, I live with um, mm-hmm. here we've all combined into one big happy family. So that, that definitely helps. Of course. Um, I have a lot of support. I'm very, very lucky to have a lot of support and, and backup that like, yeah, 
The other thing with my job is it's a very social environment. There's dinners and events and things that I'm constantly in in New York City. So like, I'm very lucky that I can call and be like, I am not going to be home until 11. And I have like support there and ready to pick it up. It's very unique. I'm very fortunate. I sometimes say I like cheat at being a mom because I have that support, but Mm. I'm very, very lucky to have it. Yeah. But definitely, I mean, I've, I've seen you like in terms of just as far as presence and just like the kids and all of that, regardless of you having the support, I mean, as a mom, we always will have that, like, you know, that mom guilt, especially as working moms is like, that is such a prevalent thing, like support or not the, you're always going to feel like you're not doing enough. Right. And, um, and that's kind of like the difficulty, but then also realizing like one of the things for me that was, um, eye opening, especially now that Alex is 17, it's so bizarre once they start getting bigger, but it's also like, I can't tell you how many times I had mom guilt through my career and having to just like work late and be with a client or like go and do an event and not be home. And I worked the weekends too. So I missed the weekend stuff a lot. And like, it just felt terrible. But at the same time, like him being 17 years old, like who he is as a person and just what he has learned from watching me is starting to come through. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's amazing that he has like this. He has such an entrepreneur mind. Um, but I see how there were things like that he's been able to witness and experience with having me as his mom. Um, although I felt really guilty about it, it was just like, but it also molded him and shaped him in some kind of way. Um, and then you just, you know, you learn over time too, like to be there for the, the moments that are really important, which is like the games and, and stuff like that. So that something was always like a priority for me to try to figure out that balance of at least being available to see those things like on the weekends. And the goal was for me to shut off work on the weekends so I could have that like Monday through Friday grind. I can't always shut my brain off or I got to stay focused in this, but then come the weekends, like as long as you're carving out that time at some point, I think that's that's kind of more so the key than just being hard on yourself to be like, oh, well, I'm missing this or I'm missing that. Like just be intentional and carving out some time somewhere. You know what I mean? Because that's what they were I absolutely agree with that. Like there are times, I mean, I feel so guilty yeah. where I'll get like frustrated because like, like obviously when you've got like your mind in a hundred different places, you get frustrated yeah. and then you feel awful afterwards or like you find them doing like Joey the other day, he's six years old and he is like, he loves technology. Like nobody I've ever met before other than my <laughs> husband, of course. So I like go upstairs, I, like run upstairs in between Zoom meetings. Then I like walk into the living room. He's just sitting there on his iPad. I'm like, or on his computer. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, nothing. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I walk over and it, the screen is blank. I'm like, what were you just doing? He's like, nothing. So I pull up the internet. I go into yeah. his history and he starts freaking out. Cause obviously, you know, he's six years old. So he like never knew that you could check history. He was like, <laughs> he was like, you know, an old boyfriend who just got caught in the act <laughs> and lying. And it was, it was like, what is going on here? He was like watching these YouTube videos of like Roblox. And I'm like, what is this? So I asked Jay, he's like, yeah, that's like the Roblox thing. Like he, he like plays that sometimes. And I'm like, he plays what? And I'm like, how do I yeah. not know this? And I just like, I can't get over it. This happened a week ago and I still can't get over it. Like, how do I not know every video he's watching, everything he's doing? Like, then I had to like shut it all down, delete everything from his computer. And I just like, yeah. 
he's so young and there's only so many years you have. And I obviously I saw it with Marissa too. They go from being a child to an adult yeah. overnight. And like yeah. you lose your window of being able to really make sure that you're shaping every like thought. Yeah. There's no way to be perfect. There's nothing you could do. Every kid is unique and every experience is different, but you only have so much time to make sure that you are preparing them yeah. to be adults because after a pe- period of time, you lose it. Really? You know, you you can always try and you can always make an impact, obviously, as a mother, but you lose that ability. Like, oh, well, they're just on their iPad right now. It's no big deal. Like, yeah, it's fine. Is it? I don't know. I mean, I feel like this technology is so different now, too, than <sighs> when we grew up that yeah. I don't know what the impact's going to be on the other side when. That's so true. That's like, that's the scary part. I think when <clears throat> I used to get mad at my mom, like, and my, my stepfather because they would just like literally like hand the phone over just to kind of like, oh, well, we're at a restaurant. Like just let them go on this or – and I'm just like, no. And then what are they looking at? Like, right. no, I control what that – what they see and what I want them to see or yeah. or eat or do or all these things. You know what I mean? Because, um, because the world is so different from when we were kids mm-hmm. and you don't know what they're being exposed to. And I feel like especially now as of late, I mean we don't even have – this is – this sounds pretty crazy, but we don't even have a TV. (laughs) Like we don't have cable. I stream stuff though. So like we have like streaming channels. It's like enough. We, we don't need this much stuff to like, you know, take in. And so, however, I'm a big fan of Paramount because I do um, watch a lot of uh, Yellowstone. I have to see Yellowstone every week. (laughs) (laughs) This is very important, but, um, But yeah, so I mean, but streaming is like, I feel like you can access what you need to access. You can actually kind of control a little bit more. Um, So, so I don't know, but it is kind of like, it is kind of scary. Like it's different from when we, when we grew up. So yeah, it's very different. And like, you can't control everything. Like they, you know, they have friends and they hear different things and they are influenced in so many ways, but the things that I can control, I don't need them influenced. And I'm really having a struggle with it because it's like, Oh, well, their friends are on it. And that's just like, but I don't, I want to have some control and I feel so out of control. Some of the day to day and and minute to minute because I'm not there, which brings back the, the, you know, the mom guilt, but I just, you know, we can all only do so much and trying to figure it out as I go to make sure that I can keep well, you did good with the the older one. She is brilliant. She's such a I wanna I should do it. We should do an episode with her too. You should. Yeah. Talk with her because I just and I'm gonna do one with Mama T. I gotta mm-hmm. do one with my mom. She's got an incredible story and who knows what what we'll mm-hmm. we'll unpack on those uh, episodes. But I have to say, like I am I am completely molded and shaped by the people around me and you are one of those people for me. I've we've known each other now for I can keep track because we met on my honeymoon, yes, <laughs> which is the weird. We're such a weird family. I can't. I told some people at work that recently, and they were like, "What? what? You your husband on a cruise on your sister-in-law's honeymoon?" I'm like, yes, that yes, great. we are such weirdos. Um, but yes, and so we've known each other now for. 
actually going on 18 years because yeah. I will be celebrating my 18 year anniversary, which is crazy. Um, but yes, yeah, so so I so quick. Well, I'll share that story real quick because um, it's a unique one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my husband and I were dating um, and had planned to get married actually in the spring, and uh, I happened to get pregnant, and so we had a little bit of a shotgun wedding. And with that, my mom was like, "Do you want to have a big wedding, or like, what do you want to do?" And I had really wanted to get married on the beach, and that just kind of wasn't on the radar um, at the time. And so she's like, what if we went on, like, a big cruise, and you just do a small ceremony, like, in Connecticut, and then we'll we'll all get on a boat and, like, go on a cruise. And I'm like, sure, that sounds, like, fun. And so it technically was my honeymoon <laughs> that I was uh, on, and my family came with me, including my brother, which then met Michelle. Was it, like, officially at the blackjack table in the casino? The table, yes. <laughs> And we love to dance. And you were <laughs> celebrating your 21st birthday. It was. It was my 21st birthday. And one of my friends was petrified to fly because it was only a few years after 9 11. She refused to get on a plane. So we took yeah. a cruise out of New York, which, by the way, it was March. So half <laughs> of the cruise was freezing because we yes. went from New Literally York winter. to Bahamas. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so it was me and like five of my girlfriends. That's hilarious. On family cruise. On our yeah, family <laughs> yeah. family cruise. She meets my brother and you know, we just all have to thank my son Alex cuz if it wasn't mm-hmm. for me being pregnant, having a shotgun wedding and taking my family on my honeymoon, I don't know, maybe you guys would have never met. So Maybe. So cool. I mean, we kind of met by default cuz we were the only 20-year-olds on that entire cruise. <laughs> <laughs> oh my but, gosh. That yeah, is what? all thanks to you. That to is you. so crazy. So, so yeah, so that's a backstory of how Michelle has uh, met our family and has literally been in our family <clears throat> since. And when I say that she's, I, I can't introduce you really as my sister-in-law because technically like, and I really feel like we are just soul sisters because you're just like the, one of the most genuine, um, authentic, just real people I have ever met in my life. And your consistency in that and just always being that supportive person that I could call, cry to, um, tell all my things to. And then you just always be like, not only hold that space for me, but then also um, always have like good advice or support um, has really been invaluable to me. So thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. That's very sweet. Mm -hmm. I I try. One of the things that I try to spend most like, a good portion of my time is, is my, my friendships and my relationships. I think it is, there is nothing yeah. more important in this world than having that support yeah. system and having those people in your life. So I, I try to carve out time to make sure that I dedicate to that. And, you know, sometimes I fall short, but I, tr- I try to prioritize it as much as I can. I have to say, though, it's pretty incredible what, what you have done because, like, just knowing you all these years and also, like, your friendships, you guys all grew up together. Mm-hmm. And it's been really cool because from my perspective, I kind of – we moved around a lot. I never really had those, like, long, long-term friendships. And so to see, like – that from a distance, just the bond that you have with your friends that you grew up with, went to school with, went to high school with, but then like how that morphed from like, you know, beer pong Olympics in the backyard (laughs) to baby showers and kid birthdays was really fascinating to watch from the outside. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. I've had my 
same friends from middle school, I think. And they are now like, you know, the godparents to my kids. And yeah. I have successfully made it to Layla's eighth birthday with only inviting my own friends and their kids to birthday parties. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> Um, I don't know how, because every time I would go, I mean, now it's, I'm so sad to live so far away because that was all also like nice. Cause I, mm. I lived in Connecticut and I was about like an hour and 15 from, from where Michelle, my brother lived. So, um, you know, a couple of times a year I'd get to go to some of these, um, parties and gatherings and it was hilarious because it literally just, it just kept growing because people kept just having children and it's <laughs> like the, the circle wasn't getting bigger in terms of like meeting new friendships. It's like the same <laughs> friends, but they, everyone's having kids and then husbands yeah, and fine. yeah exactly yeah, and we make so. the husbands be friends with each other then yeah so that we <laughs> keep it all very tight That's I pretty love it. but I think in general like that you know between that obviously my family and, and you but like even my work like I've only had yeah. two technically worked at two companies in my career and like I stay at those places because I make such bonds and relationships and yeah. the people I work with become like my people, Family, like you know, part of, yeah. And having that at each stage of your life to just have a backup, yeah, just feels so important because everything, life is stressful, life is, life is hard, and not having your people behind you, no matter where you are in life, is so important. And I know that you are starting to to feel that now that you're kind of yeah. grounding yourself in in your community and having those those relationships now. And it's just I'd love I'd love to see it. I love like listening to these podcasts with friends that you've made and hearing like you growing that that community yourself makes me very happy and mm -hmm. Alex and his friends like ever you know it's just so important it's such an important part of life yeah I have to say it definitely gives a different um perspective too and it does it does kind of ground you a little bit you have you know those people that you can count on and 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 like trust and have like community with like yeah. if that makes sense and I think for years that was missing for us um because it was a lot of it was like you know you start in one place and when you are an entrepreneur and you're kind of like building and growing and developing as a business owner or businesswoman and I was working so much um it was hard to like my friendships were the people that were working for me which was yeah. not always like healthy um right. and and not good and I had to navigate that but then at the same time it's like those old friendships from when I was younger I was evolving as a person and then sometimes like that just wasn't happening either so that was kind mm -hmm. of like rocky to kind of navigate and so I think it's funny I had to move across the country and it completely changed my perspective and way of life because it is a different lifestyle here for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, and I find, I think that in the Northeast, um, what, what it is, what I've seen and, and actually like, even for you, like you've, you've been in the same area and you've kind of grown up with the people that you're around and you've had these bonds. And I think maybe that was part of my difficulty is that's the case with a lot of people mm -hmm. is they had those bonds and they've been in one place. And like, I moved around so much that I never really was in a place long enough to build those bonds or break that barrier of someone else's, you know, tight knit circle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that was kind of difficult. So to come somewhere new, I think in Texas, especially in the area that I'm in, there's a lot of new people as well. And so I think everybody, there's a combination of people that are here and super open, like open and, and friendly and like, Hey, come to this. And then there's people that are also like, I know no one either. Like, Hey, let's be friends because yeah. <laughs> I have no family. Or I have no friends here. So, um, it's been a really unique experience for sure. And, and it's really come full circle in the weirdest of ways. 
as well for me. So yeah, because you're from from Texas. I'm from Texas. Like you just had to get back to your people. I know. And you were one of you were one of the like very few people when I said, I think I'm gonna move to Texas. You were like, I think you should. <laughs> like I think <laughs> like I'm gonna miss you and I don't want you to go. And that makes me sad. But like I think this could be a really good thing for you. And so um I definitely remember you you saying that and I was just kind of like, Yeah, I think so. I don't I don't this, this is this crazy? And you're like, No. No, I don't think you'll ever tell me I'm crazy. No, I never tell you you're crazy. You always find a way. I mean, you you always find a way. I obviously having having your mom there makes me much happier. I what did she decide to go first? I think so, right? Before Um, you no, we kind of came at the same time because she was like displaced uh, from Aruba right. and she was in Florida. And then we came to see it happened so quickly, though, because it was all through the pandemic and she got kind of like dropped off uh, by the I don't know what it was like the the U.S. <laughs> the embassy or something like that. Like, okay. they, right. they, like rescued them. Out. Yeah, it was so crazy. They like got the Americans off of uh, the island and you had the option to come back to the States during the pandemic. And so they got kind of dumped in Florida. And so I think she was like in temporary like housing kind of situation. And I was trying to get the heck out of just to get a break away from the Northeast. And it just became Texas as the option as like a meeting point because my uncle lives here. And then when I... I was done visiting and I went back to Connecticut. I think she just kind of lingered a little longer, but she wasn't officially moved mm. here or anything. Um, she just stayed longer because she was visiting with her brother. And then in that time, I don't know, between like protesting and getting on the news, my husband's like, you're going to get arrested. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I was like, maybe we should move then. Okay. Maybe we should go and maybe we should go to Texas. And so I think that was officially decided. And then when my mom was like, okay, you're coming here, then yeah, we're we're definitely going to move. So it's like almost at the same time. Yeah. And I think that was why probably at the time, I can't remember why I was so supportive of it too. It's because like <laughs> you were in Connecticut, your mom had left, you were in Connecticut by yourself. We were two hours away, but like, yeah, we're still two hours away and you just didn't having that community with you, like yeah. besides friends, like having your mom or your uncle or somebody down the road so that you just have that. Yeah. It just I, I feel like it was the perfect time for you to make And that I think change. people didn't realize too, like when I was moving to Texas, it was like, and some people were like, why Texas? And I was like, I have more family here than yeah. I have anywhere else in the country. And so it made sense because we looked at Florida too, but it was just like, that was kind of one of the factors. It's like, I mean, technically, I mean, I have family in Texas. And so <clears throat> definitely majority of them, I was estranged um, relationship with, but, you know, I was just like, maybe this could be, you know, something that I could, all these years I've been away and I can, I can heal that too. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's been a, it's been a great, great thing. And I love having my mom nearby. I mean, she literally lives five minutes away. Um, so that makes a big difference. Having it does. It makes guys. a big difference. And the only person who is sad is me because mm-hmm. then I don't get to see you guys. I know. I know. Pack everyone up and fly over to Texas. But yep. I know. Cause you know what? Girl, I don't fly. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I need to, I probably one day need to like go back and I miss, I definitely miss like New York city. Um, it was funny when, when my mom had asked for like references of things to do in the city and we were on a group chat and you're like, you know, more things in the city than I do. It's because you live there. (laughs) When you live there, it's a, you have a different view. Yeah. But I definitely miss visiting the city. It's not, it's not the same here. And I will say that Dallas, I was really surprised. Like, I don't know what I expected, but 
I think because I'm so used to New York City and like that being a city to me, going to Dallas, I was like, this is it? Like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, it didn't didn't meet the New York City expectations for sure. And, and I go into the city and then try to run out to get back. To so <laughs> yes. We were always different in that way. You were like, let's do things. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just go there and work. Oh, but the memories that we made. <laughs> you did. Yeah, good Many, many memories. All right. Well, that is our time on this episode. Thank you so much for being a guest and uh, sharing all the things. Yes, absolutely. And I'm so proud of you and honestly just admire everything that you've accomplished in your career. It's, It's really cool to be able to kind of like hear some of the perspective of what you do because you know, we, I kind of knew, but I didn't, really, I didn't really know your title. And now I have your full bio. I still don't That's understand. It. All, those, all those words. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Um, but I know you love it so much. And I love that you're living out your passions and, uh, that's what it's all about. And at the same time, raising a family and living life and, mm-hmm. and just, you know, making it work. That's, I think we're all trying to do exactly that. So Awesome. Well, um, I well, it's a little bit different because like uh, you are in the corporate world and I, I know you're not like super big on social media, so I don't have like any social media things to plug. Um, but is there anything and any last words you'd like to say, share or I'm gonna put you on the spot right now? <laughs> no, I mean, thank you for having me. It's always nice to just talk it out. I think we're all we're all trying to just make it work juggling yeah. a million different things, no matter whether you're in corporate or a stay-at-home mom or an entrepreneur, you're all just trying to to balance and yeah. be the best version of yourself. So I enjoyed our conversation and I love, love, love your podcast and Thank all you. the amazing people that you've interviewed so far. I'm trying to catch up. I haven't gotten all of them under my belt, but most of them, <laughs> and, and I just love what you're doing. So I'm so Thank proud of you. you. Yeah. One, one thing is like, what's really important for me is definitely to bring on an array of conversations. But the cool thing for me is even in just, I think I'm at like 13 episodes is like every woman that I talk to, we all have like very similar struggles and very similar like pain points and things we're trying to navigate and overcome. So it's very eye opening and I think um, refreshing to know like we're not alone in some of these experiences. And uh, that's what it's all about. But it's finding the beauty in all of it and uh, just getting through the chaos and making it work. Well, I love it. I'm I love right. it. And well, I can't wait to see it be the number one podcast in the country what? pretty soon. Yeah, I need you. I need you working those data analytics and help. <laughs> <Yeah, with that. laughs> I'll do some advanced advertising. We need some advanced advertising. I need some sponsors too. I need to get paid. <laughs> awesome. Well, all right, girl. Um, thank you again, and uh, everybody. Thank you for listening, and uh, stay tuned for more episodes. If you want to check us out on social media, we are on Instagram now, Beauty Be behind chaos. And actually I am launching a website, um, that will have some more details there. Beautybehindchaos.com. I just finished that today and we'll be launching that. And we have some merch coming out. So follow all the things beauty behind chaos on Facebook, Instagram, and on our new website. Thanks for listening guys. Bye. Thanks for kicking it with me until the end. If this episode inspired you share it with a friend, because when we learn, we live and we can all use a pick me up. I would love to see if you benefited or enjoyed this episode. Use the hashtag beauty behind chaos podcast. See you next time, beauty.